Well, Corona tried its best to beat us down, but Christ built us up. Corona tried to convince us it's over, but Christ said it's just begun. Corona tried its best to derail us, but Christ kept us on the right track. Corona tried to eliminate our testimony, but Christ enlarged our witness. Corona tried to focus on death, but Christ fought for our lives. Corona tried to grind us down, but Christ guaranteed our safety. You see, in Jesus Christ, we find our hope. We find our instruction. We find our justice. We find our knowledge. We find our life. We find our mercy, our operation. In Jesus Christ, we find our peace. We find our quality. We find our resurrection, our strength. In Jesus, we find our treasure. We find our victory. He is the way maker. Jesus is the victory. Amen? The way to God is to break the chains that are on our life from sin. And thanks be unto God that what the devil intended for evil, God intended for good. I'm telling you what, truth is found in a person. And you might see the deterioration of truth today, but I'm here to tell you it's a lie. The truth doesn't deteriorate. Why? Because the truth is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not only the truth, he's the way, the truth and the life. And in order for the truth to deteriorate would mean you'd have to kill Jesus. They tried that. It got a hold of him, but it could only handle him about three days. And it had to turn loose. Up from the grave he arose, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He is the victory because he's the truth. So don't you let anybody tell you anything different. We live in a world that needs Jesus more than ever. And if we don't clearly understand where our victory is, we'll walk around with our head in the sand. We'll walk around scared to death. But I'm here to tell you, dear friend, we don't need to live that way. We've got victory in Jesus. There's no sense in being downtrodden because of a pandemic. There's no sense in being upset because of cultural change. We need to lift our eyes up to the hills from which our help comes from. Realize this world's not our home. I'm just passing through. And I want to tell as many people about Jesus as I can while I'm on my journey. Jesus is the victory. I hope you have your Bibles this morning. I've got more preaching me than I've got time. And I still got to save myself because I've got to do this one more time here in just a little while. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to find 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I want us to look at verse number 57. When you look at verse number 57 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you see a little conjunction that he begins with. And that conjunction is the word but. You see that? B U. Anytime you see that, you must understand and clearly know that that is connecting this thought that he's about to say with the previous thought. So it's very important to understand what he's referring to in regards to what he's about to talk about. So let me ask you to cast your eye to verse number 56 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Notice what the Bible says. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that the victory over death is found in Jesus. Now I find it interesting that that Paul is, he says, look, when death comes, it stings. The sting of death is sin. The reason why we die today is because of sin. 
Sin in the Garden of Eden had cast men out of a proper relationship with God and sent him tumbling into a world in the cosmos, if you would, here on this planet to where which we live today on a traveling cemetery. We are born dying. I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and we were talking about uh, the statistics as it relates to death. And he says, it is true, one out of every one die. This planet is just a cemetery that's floating around the sun, if you would. And I'm telling you what, that's depressing if you think about it long enough. But when you realize that this world is not your home, when you realize that you may lay down this body in death, but thanks be unto God that that sting of death that happens because of sin is not the final nail that's driven into your coffin. No, at the moment of a Christian's death, they're very much alive. As a matter of fact, the very moment I die, I'll be very much alive on that very first breath I breathe celestial in comparison to the breath I breathe here on this earth terrestrial. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you today that in regard to this victory that we have in Jesus Christ, this victory that we have is to clearly understand this world's not our home. We're pilgrims. We're journeymen. We're passing through. This is only for a season. One day and one day soon we're going home. And we can live with that victory right now today. And so Paul, in encouraging the church at Corinth, said, even though hedonism looks like it's taken over, even though there's corruption that looks like it's taking place, even when right seems wrong and wrong seems right, remember Jesus is still the same. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And by the way, we must always remember that we are living in the last days. So when you cut the television on and you see what's happening in our world today around the world and you see what's happening in Atlanta or you see what's happening in Birmingham or what's happening in Seattle and you say, God help us. Brothers and sisters, I want you to rest assured this world's not our home. So what we need, what we really need more than anything is a great spiritual awakening. But we are, seeing the, we are seeing the product, we're seeing the fruit of a nation that has rejected God. We're seeing the fruit of a nation that's taken the Ten Commandments out of schools in the 60s, taken prayer out in the 60s, and when you've got generation after generation after generation, you find yourself, like in the Old Testament, one of the saddest verses in the Bible that says, and there was a generation that knew not God. Brothers and sisters, we must clearly understand where our victory is found. For if we do not know where the victory is found today, we will live a life downtrodden, concerned, and worried. Brothers and sisters, as a born-again child of God, He doesn't want you to worry. He wants you to worship. And whatever He is put in place to happen in this world in the last days, it is called for us as born-again children of God to not be afraid, to be bold in our faith, and to know where our victory is. Our victory is Jesus. And so he says, but thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to give you four very simple things in regards to victory in Jesus this morning that I hope will be an encouragement to you that will strengthen your faith and help us through these dark days in this world. Number one, the first thing I want you to see is I want you to notice the proclamation. 
Notice the proclamation. Notice what the Bible says here in verse number 47. He says, but thanks be to God. Now, if you've got your pens, pencil, lipstick, or mascara, I would underline that word, thanks be to God. What Paul is saying here is he's saying, look, we need to make this public profession to God. This word thanks, as a matter of fact, is the Greek word cheris. It means grace. It means that which affords joy. It it communicates the idea of, of pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, something inside that gives us this deep, overwhelming feeling of loveliness. And it is a grace that we have in the speech that we have. Paul is saying that our joy, our joy is over the victory that we have over death as a born again child of God. And that joy is found in none other than Jesus Christ, and I cannot keep my mouth shut about it. I've got to praise God. I've got to communicate thanks to Him because He's the one that got me from where I was to where I am today. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life because of what He did on Calvary. He's saying, I've got so much to be thankful for. We used to sing that song, I taught it to you many years ago, that we've got so much to be thankful for. Y'all remember that song? It it goes like this. We'd put our hands together and we'd go, We've got so much, 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 so much to be thankful for. Man, we've got a lot to be thankful for. I wonder this morning, does anybody have something they're thankful for in this place? Man, I'm going to tell you what the preacher's thankful for. He's thankful for a full room. That song goes like this. We've got our church to be thankful for. We've got our church to be thankful for. We've got so much, 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 so much to be thankful for. Let me ask you a question. What are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for? I wonder, is there somebody here this morning say, Preacher, I'm thankful for something. Let me ask you, what are you thankful for, sister? We got each other. We got each other to be thankful for. Man, I tell you what, it may not be like it was before Corona hit, but look around, we've got each other to be thankful for. We've got so much to be thankful. Let me ask you this, who else? What, who else has got something to thankful for? Yes, ma'am worry-free. Well, I'm telling you, because of Jesus Christ, we can be thankful and worry-free because who Jesus is, and regardless of the trials, regardless of the temptation, regardless of the situation we find ourselves, we don't have to worry. Why? Because Jesus is going to see us through. Uh, this morning at, at the 8 o'clock service, uh, Eric Rudman was here. Eric's, his, uh, you know, his radio name is Radio. It's, uh, they call him Radio. And so he just celebrated the anniversary of his accident. He ought to have been dead. Well, he raised his, his mama raised her hand there at that first service, that 8 o'clock service, says, I'm thankful for my son. Boy, I'm telling you, we've got so much to be thankful for. We've got the Bible to be thankful for. Let me ask you a question. What are you thankful for today? There are people that are watching by way of internet today. You're thankful for something. What are you thankful for? Those of us that are listening by way of radio, what are you thankful for? 
I'm going to tell you what I'm thankful for. I am thankful for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that on March 22nd, 1988, I gave my heart to Him, and He saved my soul, wrote my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm telling you what, I'm so saved, I can swing over hell on a dry corn stalk. Thanks be unto God for His salvation. He says, I thank God. That's the proclamation that He's making. And don't forget this. In regards to this proclamation, Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Not only do we have the victory in Jesus, but the Bible says that because you're a born-again child of God, you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in the Word of God over in, in John chapter number 16, verse 33, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You're a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. But the Bible also says that you're triumphant. Listen to what the Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So dear friend, let me ask you, will you look at your situation one more time? Are you a born again child of God? If you are, then tell me where your victory is. Is your victory in getting your budget back under control? No, you can get your budget back in control and still not have victory. Is your budget in getting back to church? No, listen to me. This isn't the final destination. I'm thankful we're together, but this ain't our home. I'm glad we can congregate in fellowship and we got each other and we're thankful for that. But that's not where the victory is. The victory is found in Jesus Christ. You see, we're living in a day-to-day where we've got a real challenge that exists in front of us. Persecution of the church, I'm telling you, is right around the corner. And we better settle in our heart whose side we're on. Are we on the Lord's side? Are we on the world's side? We're living in a day today where you have a, a strong Christian belief. You're in complete opposition to this culture. If you believe in traditional family values and Judeo-Christian principles as it relates to gender or marriage, we are one step away from that belief system holding in and in, in of itself being hate. There's some hard decisions that we have to make as born-again children of God. Will we accept the Word of God as the Word of God? Or will will we say, well, that's an archaic book, let's just go with culture. Because when you go, listen to me, when you go with culture, you always leave the Word of God. What did the Bible say? The Bible says, be in the world, but do not be of the world. When we got the victory, we got the victory in Jesus Christ that set us apart from the world. And we may be in the world, and yes, we are like Paul. We become all things to all people that we might win some. But we do not adopt adopt the culture of this world in order for us to live in this world. No, we live as born-again children of God, knowing that our residency is in heaven, and the victory that we have is victory that we have in Jesus. Jesus is the victory. He says we triumph in Christ always. He tells us that we are more than conquerors, that we are overcomers. And because of these things, Paul says, I cannot keep my mouth shut. I have to say, thank you, God. Number two, there's a second thing I want you to see here. 
Not only do I want, do I want you to see the proclamation, thanks be unto God, I also want you to see the process. Notice what the Scripture says again. He says, but thanks be unto God who gives. There's the second point. We see here in this passage of Scripture the process of victory. What is the process? God's giving victory. God is giving victory to you and I. As a matter of fact, when you see this word give, it's the Greek word didium. And it means to give something to someone out of one's own accord, to one's advantage, to bestow a gift upon someone. I have this morning in my pocket, I've got a set of keys. These keys right here will get you in just about just about every room of the church. The only key it won't get you into is the front door. Uh, I don't have a key to the front door. You say, you're the preacher. You don't have a key to the front door? No, they only let me in the side and the back. <laughs> but if I wanted to give you this set of keys to get you in this church, all I would have to do, number one, is I've got to have them. Number two, in order for me to give them, I've got to extend it out to you but you have to take it. And then once you take these keys, you've got the responsibility. You can use them. Or you can hang them on that keychain and they can collect with all the rest of the keys you got hanging in your house. How many of you got that key rack that's just got keys? Man, I'm telling you, I've got so many keys hanging on that blame key rack. I don't know where they came from. I may have a key. To a, to a box, to a safety deposit box that's got a million dollars in it and I wouldn't know it. I don't know where those keys come from. It looked like I grew them out in the backyard. I mean, they're just everywhere. But if you want these set of keys and I'm going to give you these set of keys, you've got to take them. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to victory, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ gives us the victory. It's something He has that He gives that we have the responsibility to take and to use. And we don't put them in our pocket. We put them in our heart. And the keys by which He gave us has uh, so many sets upon it. There's the keys to eternal life. There's the key to the Word of God. We have the key to prayer. We've got a key to the relationship. And brothers and sisters, the Bible says the process that the Lord has given us is that process that He gives it to us freely. It is a free gift. We find here in this passage of Scripture, this word give is in the present tense active participle form. The present tense represents action that's continual. It's ongoing even till this present day. So when he wrote, when Paul wrote, but thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. That word give there means he gave it to us when he rose again on the third day and we received the free gift of salvation. He gave it then and he keeps giving day after day after day after day so that even today you have the victory. It's in the active voice where the subject, that is God, who is the primary person given the action, which means Paul is saying that God is the primary one that has got the keys and has given the keys of eternal life to you. All you've got to do is take it. I, I love watching Andy Griffith. They're one of my favorite shows. And uh, watching Andy, it just kills me. I, and I don't know what it is inside of me that just gets sideways about it. But I don't understand why Andy would keep the keys to the jail right in between the two cells. It absolutely blows my mind why he would do so. And I guess the funniest person that I, that I see on there is old Otis. 
Oh, Otis gets in there and unlocks it and then hangs the key up and locks himself up. And then when it's time to get up, he get up, gets the key and unlocks it and just and goes out and just comes and goes as he wants. And then I think about this. As a born-again Christian, are we not the Otises that go into the jail cells? No, we may not be drunk on alcohol, but we're drunk on sin. And we lock ourselves up in that cell. And we forget about where the key is. There's a few of those episodes where that key's hanging right outside the door. And all Otis has got to do is pick it up and open the, open the cell. But he forgets and he won't do it. He's a prisoner of his own making. A lot of times when it comes to the victory that you and I have, we're a prisoner of our own making. God has given us the keys to eternal life. And yet we walk into the prison cell of this world and we lock ourselves in it. The whole time, the key is right there. We have it. And we can let ourselves out of the prison that we have ourselves in. But we are unwilling to recognize the process that he gave it to us. And we put ourselves in this own prison. Oh, I'm here to tell you today, brothers and sisters, that he says that this giving was given at your salvation. And you don't move from defeat to victory to defeat to victory. Man, I meet people all the time and say, man, my Christian life feels like a roller coaster. I'm up and I'm down. I'm up and I'm down. I'm up and I'm down. I got high highs and I got lows, lows. That happens every now and then. But bless God, if there's victory in Jesus, regardless of the circumstance, you know that he gave you the victory. And he's never going to take it away. Uh, there's a real problem today in our, in, our, in our culture. We have bought in to the American gospel. Now there's a vast difference between the American gospel and the biblical gospel. The Bible says the biblical gospel, the Bible gospel is knowing, it's found in 1 Corinthians, that Jesus Christ came to this earth as a sinless Son of God. He went to Calvary. He took your sins, placed your sins upon Himself, died in your place, was buried, and on the third day He rose again. That's the biblical gospel. The American gospel is, if you pray and say this prayer, and you get saved, then you have to sow a seed to a preacher or a ministry. And if you sow that seed, then the Holy Spirit will come on you. And you'll have wealth. You'll have prosperity. You won't get sick. And more than ever, this prosperity gospel is spreading worldwide. I, I want to encourage you, church, would you do this? Go on Netflix and watch the documentary, The American Gospel. The American gospel. That is so true. Now, it's going to offend a lot of people. Because there's, there are people today, they love that. They love old Mr. White on the television. They love Kenneth Copeland. And they love all those individuals on the TV. And I'm sure if you were to meet them on the street, they'd be fine, fine folks. But I'm telling you, there's a different gospel that they're preaching. The gospel that the Bible says that when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, it doesn't say all your problems are going to go away. As a matter of fact, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, your mom and daddy's still going to get old and die. You may still get cancer. You may be a born-again child of God and your children still go wayward. 
You may know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord and still lose your job. And how disheartening, how heartening is it for you to hear somebody on the television or coming through the internet saying, if you'll just sow this seed and you got faith and you give to this ministry, and I'm telling you what, then your business is going to flourish. Or you're going to get well. How disheartening is it when people get that and they receive that and they sow everything they have into a ministry like that and they don't get well. They don't get healed. What then? They shake their fist at God, Sammy, and they say, I don't want any of that. God's a liar. And they walk away from him. Listen to me. All the while, he never said, he never said, it's, it's not in here. It's not in here that when you come to Jesus Christ, all of your problems on this earth are going to go away. That's not the victory. Just like coming to church today on the 14th is not the victory. The victory is Jesus. That's the victory. We come together, we celebrate, we praise God, we shout hallelujah, we are great and grateful and thankful to be together because we know that we have this one thing in common. As lost people, we were saved through Jesus Christ and we can congregate together because you are just like me and I'm just like you. The hope that we have is found in none other than Jesus Christ and the product that we have is the victory that we have every single day. Regardless of what my health situation is, regardless of what my financial situation is regardless of what happens at my job I'm not happy because I got a job I'm happy because I'm born again so brothers and sisters in relationship to this issue of American gospel the product is the victory that we have in Jesus I may live here on this earth temporarily but my home is in heaven because the victory I have is in Him. So regardless of the situation, regardless of a pandemic, regardless of the tension that exists in our culture today, people can still see Jesus in us. Because we practice and we work out our faith through the Word of the living God. He gives us the victory. We have access because of Jesus. Number four, here's the fourth one very quickly, and I close. The Bible says the person, or we see the person. So we have the proclamation, thanks to God. The process, God gave it to us. The product is we, He gave us victory, and then we see the person. Notice what the Scripture says. He says, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where did this person come from? He is the I Am. The Bible says that this came through our Lord Jesus Christ. That word through there is a very uh, fascinating word. It translates dia, and it means the ground or reason by which something is done. Jesus is the one who obtained victory for everyone who believes. This is the person that gives us the victory. And this victory that we have in Jesus Christ cannot clam us up and shut us down. We must continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ, even in a lost and dying world, even in a world where it calls good uh, bad and bad good. What can we do? 
Pastor, what can we do in this world that's upside down? We can keep pointing people to Jesus. We can keep living by faith. We can keep showing people that the Word of God is true. We can keep loving God, loving others, and serving the world. Our victory is not found in the President of the United States. Our victory is not found in who the police chief is in Atlanta. Our victory is not found in anything other or any person other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is where our victory is located. Now, as an individual that has dual citizenship, I'm a citizen of heaven and I'm a citizen of this earth. I have a responsibility in this world. That responsibility that I have is to train up children in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. In training my children, I've made some good decisions and I've made some terrible decisions. I've made some decisions that I'm proud of and I've made some decisions that I'm not so proud of. But the greatest decision in relationship to rearing and raising my children is this, that every one of them has come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come to the Father but by Jesus Christ. They clearly understand that when they come to Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that their life is going to be prosperous. There are going to be some struggles. Garrett, my son, he started this lawn business. He wanted to make some money. I told you he got tired of working for the man. He said, I'm tired of working for the man. Oh, those taxes are killing me, Dad. I said, oh, okay, so you want to start your own business and learn about taxes. Okay, go ahead and do that and see how that works out for you. So he has. And he's learning a great deal. He was cutting grass the other day. And so he was cutting grass. He said, Dad, he says, a bad day. He said, I ran over a hornet's nest. And he said, I got stung in several places. He said, one of them hornets got up in my breeches leg and cl- crawled up and bit me right inside the thigh. I said, man, it's terrible. I said, son, that's bad. Those things sting, don't they? He said, whew, bad, Daddy. It's bad. It's a bad day. And as he told me that story, I thought about this text right here in verse number 56. Where Paul says, the sting of death is sin. The reason why we die and it hurts is because of sin. And nobody, nobody in this room, nobody in the first service, and I'm sure nobody in this last service coming up at 11, nobody likes a bee sting, a hornet sting, nobody. Just like nobody wants to die. And then he goes on to say in the text, he says, and the strength of sin is the law. Uh, In regards to those stings, there's all kind of things people say, well, what you need to do is you need to put this on it, or you need to put that on it, put this compact on it, put this this ointment on it, put, put this on it. And you put it on it, and the sting is so intense, I'm sure it will eventually help, but immediately it doesn't. 
Same thing with the law. The Bible says that the law, that is the Ten Commandments, we'll take that as the example here. The law of God is something that we see that brings strength to that sting. Why? Because we can't keep the law. We try to keep the law and we can't do it. We cannot do it. We fail every single time. But he says this, but I want to thank God who has given us. Notice that he doesn't use personal pronouns. He's using plural. He says he gives us. Not that Paul was saying he just gives me, but he's giving it to you too. He gives all of us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And where is that victory? Well, he was clear. If you'll look at verse number 55, he tells us what this victory is over. Look at what he says in verse 55. He says, O death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? He's talking about death. He's saying the victory that you have, born again child of God, is the victory that you have over death. We have been, every day we're confronted with death, but it seems like death is on the, every time you turn the TV on, I mean, this person's dying, that person's dying. I mean, people are dying every single day, and, and some are dying violent deaths. We need victory. And the only way that we're going to get victory in this nation is we've got to turn to Jesus. And the only way that we're going to turn to Jesus, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be a cultural war, regardless of what that is, you fill in the blank, the only way to get the victory is we've got to turn back to Jesus. So I want to ask you this question in closing. In thinking about the topic of victory in Jesus, can you look back over these last 12 weeks and see that the victory has been in Jesus? Say, preacher, you don't understand, man. I, I've had a rough time. I've lost my job. I went bankrupt. All of, it's hard for me to see the victory. You know why it's hard for you to see the victory, dear friend? Because you're looking at the challenges. Look at Christ. He is your victory. He's giving you breath. He's giving you life. He's giving you an opportunity to come and to worship. You're watching today and you're longing for truth and you're wanting that desire. And that desire that you have is that you might know the truth and the truth might set you free. And that truth is a person. And that person is Jesus. And the only way to experience peace is you've got to come to the person. You've got to come to the truth. Jesus is the victory. Could we bow for prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Dear friend, if you're here today and you'd like to believe upon Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you're inside this room here live with us or if you're watching by way of video or maybe you're listening by way of radio, whatever the case may be, listen, if you want the victory today, you must trust Jesus Christ. If that's something you'd like to do today with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, from your heart to God's heart, would you say something like this? 
to God. Would you say, oh God, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Messiah. And this morning I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to give me the victory. Lord, I yield myself to you and I ask you for your salvation. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look right this way. If you prayed that prayer, listen more than anything. God loves you. And according to the Word of God, if you recognized you're a sinner, you prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save you, you're born again. You are born again. You are a Christian. A brother or sister in Jesus Christ. There's another group of people that are here today. and Maybe you're here today and maybe you've, you've trusted Christ in your past. But you're not walking with the Lord like you should. You've allowed the situations and trials that exist today to pressure you into thinking there's no victory. You're concerned about your job. You feel defeated over that. You're concerned about your family. You're defeated over that. You're concerned about your marriage. You're defeated over that. Your children, you're defeated. You feel defeated over that. You can't see the victory. The reason why you can't see the victory, Christian, is because you keep looking at the problems. I want to ask you this morning. Will you take your eyes off the problems today and put them on the promise that's been given to us? Jesus promises you victory. If you'll turn your eyes off of those problems and look to the person and start looking to Jesus. You say, how do I do that, preacher? Because I have, whether I'm just ignorant or I've forgotten, I just don't have the victory today. How can I do that? Can I just encourage you with this? Number one, get the dust off of this. Take it out of the back of the car, get it out of the car, bring it in the house. Number two, open it up. Number three, read what the Scripture says. And number four, practice what the promise says. Today the Bible says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you leave this place, You don't leave a downtrodden, discouraged, problem focuser. You leave this place focusing upon Jesus Christ, saying, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm going to flesh out the truth of victory. I am leaving defeat behind, and I'm walking towards victory. I am walking from victory to victory. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the only way in a sin-sick world to live a victorious life. And if you live that way, oh, dear brothers and sisters, the world can't help but look and say, I want what you've got. Tell me how, in the midst of all these challenges, why are you so happy? Why are you not concerned? I believe that all things work together for good 
to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. What God's wanting out of my life and your life more than anything, He's wanting to get glory from this mess. He's wanting to get glory from your mess. So what you see is, gosh, I'm, I'm so unlovable. Look at the mess I've made. God says that mess is my masterpiece that I'm using in your life so that you will keep your eyes on me. That is the victory. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this time together. As we prepare to leave today, I pray, God, if there be someone here that's lost, they don't know you as their personal Savior, maybe they prayed that prayer. God, I pray that they'd get in touch with us some way that we might be able to encourage them and help them. For Christians today, maybe there's someone here that just needs to come to the altar and spend some time with Jesus. Lord, I pray today would be the day that they stop living like a defeated foe and start living like a victorious overcomer. You tell us, Lord, that we're triumphant in you. Would you bless this time, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're here today, and I'm going to ask us to stand, and maybe you'd like to come and pray in the altar. We're going to sing one verse, one verse. After this verse, we're going to close and be dismissed. Could we stand if you're able to stand as we sing? The altars are open. You're welcome to come if you'd like. Here we go. Jesus read who stands to save you with compassion, love, and power. Come ye thirsty to the fountain. Come ye thirsty to the fountain. Come and find his goodness here. True belief and true repentance Every grace that brings you near I will arise I will arise and go to Jesus He will embrace me as His own thank you that the victory that we have in Jesus victory over death victory over hell victory over the grave thank you for the victory you've given us I pray Lord Jesus as we continue to move forward that you'd get all the glory all the honor and all the praise we love you and we thank you for loving us be with us now as we continue out this week in Jesus name amen Church, I want to thank you so much for coming today. I'm going to dismiss you in the spirit of love, but I want you to know first thing in the morning, tomorrow, starting at 9 o'clock, if you'd like to sign up to be a part of next week's services, 
That's going to open at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Please get on online. I'm sorry. They opened it up today? Okay, they just opened it up today. So there it's open today. If you want to sign up for next week, you can go ahead and do that as we continue to watch and add more chairs and more people as we continue to grow, as we open and reopen and regather, finding the victory in Jesus. I love you. God bless you. And you're dismissed. We'll all go out that door. Thank you so very much for tuning in to our broadcast today. It is the purpose of Maysville Baptist Church to love God, love others, and serve the world. One of the ways that we serve the world is broadcasting this program all over the world through the internet. I want to tell you what a joy it is to have you tune in today. Maybe at the end of the service you prayed and received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. Several years ago, I wrote a book entitled, My First Week. I would love to send you a copy of this book to help you on your brand new journey as being a born-again Christian. If you'll just reach out to me by our website, send me an email, uh, or maybe even call the church, I'd be glad to drop this in the mail and send it to you. May the Lord bless you for tuning in. I hope to see you next week, and thank you for being with us at Mason's. Of his cleansing power, he 